Alright everyone, welcome to the first ever Towson version of the Average Joe's Podcast. I am your host, Sean Smith, Assistant Captain of Towson Dodgeball and NCDA Content Writer. That was a really long introduction there. Well, introduce nice. yourself then, Alright. Huh? My name is Jonathan Shaw, President of Towson Dodgeball. That's all I got. Well, you're also our head captain. I'm head captain. Thank you, Sean. Head captain. <laughs> Good looks, man. Alright, um, so today we're going to be discussing uh, the last two East Coast tournaments uh, because we were, are really the only ones who are mm-hmm. able to uh, discuss them because we've been the only ones there because they're all East Coast teams. Yep. Uh, so at the first tournament uh, down at JMU, the uh, Pumpkin Smash 2K13, we had uh, the host James Madison, uh, Towson, Maryland, and Penn State. Uh, and last weekend, uh, the 16th of November, we had uh, the host Maryland. Uh, Towson, JMU, and VCU. Yeah, and those are the five teams that we pretty much see all year. Correct, Sean? Yeah. Besides Beast and Nationals. Yeah. It's those five. Yeah. Did you know Average Joe's is the place where Steve the Pirate gets all his game recaps from? Yeah, Joe's be the only place for Steve. Alrighty, so you want to start with the um, JMU Pump and Smash? All right, uh, we're going to go team by team with this. Uh, so let's start with the host, uh, JMU. What did you think okay. about them when you saw them? All right, so JMU went 3-0 for that tournament, taking down Penn State, Towson, and uh, University of Maryland. Um, I mean, you talk about a team that absolutely has hindsights on national uh, glory. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, they, they absolutely slaughtered the floor. With VCU, and after our first round robin at Towson, we'll be losing on four one, four one, four one at Towson. You know, we go in thinking, you know, all right, this is our chance, this is our momentum. You know, I was like, we took a real point from JMU, and they came out and they just came out firing. And what they beat us six nothing, yeah, six nothing all around. I mean, oh my god, their team chemistry is unbelievable, and I mean, led by Chris Hess, who we just found out is going to be with us through next semester, so he'll be at nationals. This year, or his original plan was to stop this semester. Uh, Chris Hess, Ben Sizemore, um, Brent Gromer, just absolutely leading the way. Their arms are cannons, um, and all we have to do uh, for Towson is to try to maintain ball control, and they rush the line, and it's not easy at all sometimes. Um, Sean, what did, what did you think of JMU? Uh, I mean, there's really not much else to say about them. Um, yeah, I know the uh, the Midwest schools, from what I've seen, don't think too highly of them so far this season because the majority of what they've played have been East Coast schools, uh, except for their one trip to Miami. But, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, Brent Gromer is, I believe, done for the rest of the season with his torn ACL. Yeah, he's trying to get back for nationals, but it's bold. <laughs> yeah, um, but he was there for uh, the pumpkin smash. Unfortunately, wasn't there for Maryland. Yeah, I, I really don't know what to say about this. Um, after listening to uh, Kevin Bailey and the other guys from Grand Valley's podcast the other day, you know, I realized one of the big things that didn't help us was uh, we had what they called the bounce backs, I guess. The bounce back, yep. Yeah, so we started out with uh, the concrete wall behind us, and uh, they started out with um, just like some drapery thing behind them yeah. to separate the courts. So we never got a bounce back. So basically if we threw a ball, it was gone no matter what. Um, For people who don't know what we're talking about, the main JMU court, uh, one end is guarded by a big like brick wall, and, the, and that's the side JMU was throwing to. 
And so on even missed throws, I mean, they would just get balls back instantly. It's nothing like Miami of Ohio. I mean, there's like still five feet behind it, but we're throwing, Towson was throwing first half into like that, just like that drapery and all it does is just die there. So there's no chance for balls back on your throws. Like your balls stay at the other side that you throw it to. Yeah, it's, it's and with the power arms that JMU has, it was really hard to uh, stop any balls from going back to them. Uh, I don't know how the other teams fared in yeah. that situation, but you know we were busy playing at that point. Um, any standout players for you, uh, JMU, so far this season, Sean? Yeah, um, I hate throwing at Joey Cardella. I really hate throwing yeah. him because he catches me every time. Yeah. Very, um, very well-deserved ball of the month, by the way, Joey. Congratulations last month, man. Uh, also, Connor Ford. Um, yeah, he's if, scrappy, man. He's such a scrappy player. Yeah, if you look at JMU's whole uh, whole roster, they look like a football team, and then Connor Ford looks like you know if you looked at like <laughs> some D one football team, honestly to God, he'd look like a water boy. Well, oh my God! But he's, he catches the majority of the balls that come his way, so yeah. I I can't knock him for anything. And he's bold on the front line. He's their left ball, like first. Uh, regular throwing line, you know, when we start off, he's he's one of their go-to guys to start off on the opening rush, and he goes in fearless, man. He he's smart. He knows when to hold, and he knows if he has someone, you know, dead in his sights, he goes for him. And Kyra takes out sometimes our fastest player right off the game, right from the get-go, and it's it's a big weapon. It's a big weapon to have one of your best runners, you know, good blocker, someone, you know, done early. Yeah. Um, so yeah, props to Connor Ford and Joey Cardella. I mean, size more. Sizemore, Gromer, and Hassett are their usual selves. I mean, just absolutely taking each other out, taking everyone out. I mean, their throws, they each throw 70, would you say? I have no idea, but yeah, I'm I, they're, they're, they're both high, they're all high 60s, low 70s throw, and um, they're just, they're so consistent. Um, you know, sometimes they're, you know, people say their inconsistency is what gets their power throwers, but... Oh my God! They were on in our match, and if they're on, it's it's hard. It's not easy, man. You better you better be ready. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the uh, the roster that JMU brought up to Maryland last weekend because they pre- they pretty much came up with a completely different roster because yeah. most of their guys were completely wiped out from Miami the week before. So what did Sizemore tell us? Three eighteen members. Three eighteen members. Which consisted of Ben Sizemore, Chris, Chris Hess, Hess, and Landon Dorier. And Landon Dorier. Uh huh. And those are the three A-team members. Um, and they actually played. They, they played relatively well. Here's the thing is that uh, JMU played Towson the match right before they played University of Maryland. Both teams' second match of the day. And they beat us 4-1. to one. Uh, We thought this was our time. We thought this past tournament was our time to take down JMU. And it wasn't the case. I did not know their depth was, was like that. I mean, their B-team members stepped up huge. I mean, they were, they were, I don't want to say as good as their A-team members because that's not the case, but, like, they're not scrubs. Like, their B-team members, like, can compete. Like, their B-team can take down, I'm like, just looking at the standings, like, I, I think their B-team can take down, like, seven or eight teams in this league right now. Their B-team is that good. So, don't think JMU came with scrubs, man. They came with solid players, and Maryland simply took, took just took them down. I mean, they took them down. They they held ball control. The It was 1-1 and half, and I was the head ref for that game. And they Maryland slowed the pace down. They threw one every single time, and they they just took out JMU, and it was it was shocking because, you know, we take down Maryland four to one. You know, we're thinking, you know, JMU's just going to slaughter Maryland, and here's Maryland at halftime one one, and win, man. I mean, talk about talk about a win for a team, man, taking down number two team in the nation. 
Yeah, I um, in terms of the guys that they brought, I really don't want to give him credit because he went to River Hill High School, and that's a <laughs> that's a rival high school oh my in my God, county. Of course, you would. Um, so number ninety-eight, uh, PJ Kinky, dude. I don't want to give you credit because he went to River Hill, but I have to give you credit. Um, yes, you do. He's he's a very solid player. If anyone sees him on the court and knows the reference I'm about to make, he kind of looks a little bit like Paul Rabel. Uh, who's, who's Paul Rabel? The best lacrosse player in the world right no, now. Sorry, I'm not a lax fan. My bad. Well, you're a baseball guy. We'll get past I am. that. No, thanks. Either way, um, you know, even with uh, even with the new roster that they had, uh, Ben and Chris really didn't have to have to do much themselves. You know, Chris was probably oh, man, they're so solid. It was unreal. Yeah, Chris was probably up on the front lines more than I'm used to him doing. <laughs> but agree. you know, he still wasn't throwing as much. Um, and you know, for anyone who was there, VCU was the only team with a full roster, which was really surprising, uh, especially mm-hmm. since Maryland was hosting it. But, you know, JMU was down, obviously, most of their guys. Uh, Maryland was down a good solid bit of their guys. Yeah, they had, they had some BT members in there. Yeah, uh, due to injuries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had 15 or 16 of our A-team, so. Yeah, but the let's, Towson almost brought their A-team. Let's, let's not take anything away from JMU when they, when they beat us 4-1. to one. We... Minus two or three players, they they still slaughtered us. Like we almost had our full A team, and they still slaughtered us for the third time this year. I'm not taking anything. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to you know give everyone an idea of how the tournament went with yeah. uh, the loaded rosters. Um, but um, I got something real quick. Okay. All right. So for the JMU Maryland match, where Maryland um, won two to one, it was their first ever time took taking down JMU. The first time another East Coast team has taken down JMU. By the way, so. You know, I'm just saying that's kind of cool. I mean, we've all been in the league. We've all been in the league, yeah. Except for VC and Penn State. Um, all right, name that uh, NCDA members need to start learning. Uh, Tyler Wieland. Is, my, is that my Wyland. Wyland, thank you. Tyler Wyland, number 88. 88 for Maryland. Absolutely solid arm, and he, I count, I was the head ref for the JMU Maryland game, and he caught seven balls in their match that they, in their game that they, when it was 1-1, he caught seven balls. And it was an unbelievable individual performance. Um, you know, of course, one player in dodgeball can't win a game, but he can have a huge factor. And Tyler Wyland was a majority reason that um, Maryland uh, took down JMU. So, um, NCDA, when you're playing Maryland, Tyler Wyland, number 88, he's uh, a player you got to start looking out for. And he's a really nice guy, too. And then also props, he is a good guy. Um, let's also give props to uh, Dylan Allred. I know, you, you know, myself, Sean, and Dylan – because Dylan lives right next to me back in our hometown. We went up to Kent State over the summer, and, you know, we we, sh- we were talking dodgeball strategy the entire time, the car ride up and the car ride back, and Dylan was like, more than anything, I want to learn from this. And, man, I think he learned, because he told me their strategy at the end of the game when I interviewed him. They were just slowing the pace down. They knew they could not run. They could not run with a JMU. They said JMU would beat them if they, if they transitioned. And, and, they, and they, you know, that's something that's, you know, like, our transition game has been a little down this year, and um, no, but he was like, we're not going to be able to compete with JMU's transition, so they slowed it down, and very rarely did they go past half court. They, they kept it in the back, and they just, they wind him down, so <coughs> props to Dylan Allred. I know he definitely did his homework on JMU, so Dylan Allred, Tyler Wyland, very nicely done, gentlemen. Yeah, I know Tyler was playing on a pulled hamstring. Um, yeah, right? Yeah, and uh, you and Dylan were talking strategy whenever the two of you weren't asleep in the car. <laughs> Which, for those of you who don't know, I did all the driving to and from Kent State. Well, that's not fair. Well, I said I'd do it willingly. Well, you did. You did. 
Um, all right, so let's uh, now that we're on the topic of them, let's actually move to Maryland. Okay, um, Maryland. You know, we already mentioned Tyler. We already mentioned Dylan. Um, one of their guys, I cannot remember his last name to save the life of me. I know his first name is Rohan. Uh, Number ninety-nine. Yeah, tall one. Yeah, yeah, the tall guy. He he has a good arm on him. Yeah. Um, I don't hammer throw, hammer throw, come from over top and. Yeah, yeah. I can't put a speed on it, but then again, I'm also really bad at judging speed because I throw about you 52. Are, you are terrible. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I don't uh, throw mid 60s like you. <laughs> sorry, kid, man. Yeah, um, and he was out. He wasn't playing. He yeah. was done. He didn't play the entire tournament. Well, Maryland was down. One of their best throwers when they took down JMU. He was uh, he was at the uh, 2K13 for the pumpkin smash though. So, yeah, and he was good. He took he took us down. Yeah, he uh-huh. was. Uh, for those uh, who have never seen Maryland play, which unfortunately is actually most of the league because um, you know they just haven't had the chance to travel outside yet. Yeah, Maryland. Uh, they've changed the way that they played the last few years. They. Uh, Last podcast, I had some rough words for what they said. Now I have yeah. some more uh, more appropriate yeah. words and a much, Thank you. much more worldly view Thank of you what for Maryland your appropriate words, Sean. You still um, can't control a thing I say. I can't. No, you're right. I can't. But yeah. All right. All right. So really, uh, Maryland, they kind of play. Uh, now they play compared to the last couple of years where we've seen them. They play more of a uh, slowdown, uh, very meticulous and just purposely mistake-free type of dodgeball. They just the one thing that you really can't do against them unless, you know, you have ball control against them is you can't break them nope. out of what they want to do. You know, they'll they'll do like one or two throws for a good little while and you know, they'll make you sit on your back line and frankly get kind of bored. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It can get boring, but if that's how you win, that's how you win. And yeah. you know, that's how you know, that's how they took, they took down the second best team in the nation. And I mean, once they realize that they get you bored, you know, they load up on one side. Like I remember at um, Pumpkin Smash, I saw a couple times. Um, I'm surprised they didn't do this to me after the comments I had made. But um, they tried to nail you. How they, are you talking about? They tried to nail you. Not as much as I thought they would. Yeah, Either way, uh, I saw them a few times load up on uh, Joe Tobin and um, Joe, who's a surprisingly good dodger. Yeah. Um, he is. Yeah, they got him a few times from what I saw, but they might have gotten some other guys. Um, you know, I was focusing on making sure I didn't get knocked out, so I didn't really see too much. But once they get you bored, um, or at least, you know, once they think that your guard is down, that's when they'll come in and get yeah. you. Here's the thing, like, I don't know about you, Sean, but, like, I don't think they're a very sneaky team. <clears throat> like, they're not. Like, they, they don't surprise you, but mm-hmm. they, they, they execute well. And one thing I've seen, and just so everyone knows, like, at the JMU Pumpkin Smash, it was uh, – I was the head ref of that game. Well, it was it was one one, with five minutes left, and Jamie wound up winning two one, um, and Maryland had a four to two player advantage with five minutes left, tied one one. So don't think that like Maryland is like just only beating up on Jamie's B team because that's not the case. Jamie had their full A team there, and Maryland hung with them. So for everyone out there that thinks like Maryland, Towson, VCU, like we're scrubs, like I'm not gonna lie, we're probably not up there with like Saginaw, Kent. Grand Valley, we're not. I mean, that's right. It's not, not even a problem. It's not, it's not, not even not. close. It's not even close. But we're not like some like we're not the East Coast isn't like this like low division like people think. Like it's not like if you like came to Towson that you'd like slaughter us like seven nothing. It's not guaranteed. Unless, unless, you're unless you're Grand Valley. Unless you're Grand. Unless you're Grand Valley. Then that, they, that, that they might they be might. thirteen to nothing. They might. But yeah, give props to Maryland because they are playing teams to the their weakness and they're adapting well. They're attacking away, so you have to be careful if anyone sees University of Maryland, especially in Nationals. Got to watch out for them. Yeah. Uh, one other name I want to put out there. Um, they have 
two people who are number 31. Uh, That's the tall lefty. Yeah, the tall, tall lefty. lefty yeah. Uh, his name's Curtis Rivold. I yeah. actually went to high school with him and played lacrosse with him in high school, so kind of a small worldy thing. Same with you and Dylan ending up on dodgeball. Yeah, right? That, um, that Curtis and I end up on separate dodgeball teams to each other. Um, but his first year in the league... Um, you know, from what I saw, he definitely was playing like a first-year guy where he was still learning the uh, the game. And really, he was doing a lot of blocking. But much like he normally does and much like his brothers do in his family, because his whole family is full of athletes. You know, I saw him this year and towards the end of last year, he got a lot better. Uh, his throws are a lot stronger, a lot more accurate, mm-hmm. and uh, he knows a lot better when to like pick and choose his places to do he does things. he's not dumb it's a great point he's smart with his throws he's just smart in general I don't he think, is a smart guy, i don't yeah. i don't think he got a b in high school he does go to maryland i mean maryland's a pretty smart school no still yeah. Yeah. all right uh so we'll now go to the uh the two schools that only came to one tournament each and uh we'll start with penn state well, at the DC, uh, DC came to two tournaments oh uh, well yeah no they didn't come to pumpkin smash but they came to oh you're right okay yeah. you're fine yeah um so we'll start with penn state what did you think of them? Because this is our first ever time playing them. Okay. First time playing Penn State. Um, I don't know any of their names. Except Captain Chris. Setnar, Ketnar, not sure what yeah, it Chris is. Yeah, Chris Ketnar. And he's a leader. Um, I, he absolutely commands his troops. Uh, it was very well done. Um, <coughs> their, their strength, oh my God, their strength are their throwers. Their strength are their throwers. Um, I, I wish I had numbers or names. Um, oh, they throw as a team. It's, it's great. For a second year school, you see a lot of like, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm a little guilty of this sometimes. Like when you have a player who has a solid arm and he just goes up alone thinking, hey, you know what, we're down, let me do something to, you know, get my team back up, and then he gets caught. Sometimes. And some, I do that a lot, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But um, no, like even when they were down, like 10 players just like five, like they still threw as a team. They all went up together, they blocked for each other. And you know what? As your second year, and it's that was only their second tournament, right? Because uh, last yeah. year at Nationals was their first year. It was their second ever tournament. And they have the grasp for what dodgeball is all about. Their blockers coming around, their throwers uh, backpedaling as soon as they throw, not staring at their throws. Um, definitely a solid team. But what did we what did we beat Penn State? 3-1? 4-1. Uh, but they had us. They had us. They had our... our uh, or, what was it? Expression heels to the wall or something like that. I mean, they had us on the back line for a while. They did. Um, they really, did. just the biggest issue with Penn State is at least against us. But we were their last game of the day, so I don't know how tired they were. Um, a lot of their throws were right in the breadbasket sort they of were. area. There were. Um, and you know, there were a couple times where because you know, they do have some strong arms, and especially I know myself, I'm not a very good catcher. No. Um, I was making some catches that were surprising myself, but then I thought about it for a little minute and just realized that, like, if they had put that throw at, like, my knee or my toes, they probably would have gotten me out, but they threw it, like, right at my chest. I completely, that's a great point. And, like, once again, they're, they're, and it's not like they're, you know, when you throw 60, like, 65, you can compensate for a throw right at your, you know, chest. It's, you know, it's still possible to get out, but I swear, man, everyone's, like, JMU, like, they're, they're getting better and better at catching. Like, it doesn't matter how hard you throw it. If it's at the chest these days, it seems like any team, like, there are half the guys will, will just drop a ball and catch it. It's becoming more and more of a theme, I think. Yeah, so actually I realized Penn State was doing what exactly we used to do is, you know, we'd get, like, yeah. one or two guys on the other team out, but then we just throw a string of catches. Right? Oh, my God, it was so frustrating. Yeah. Um, so, so let's uh, let's move on to VCU then. Um, VCU. VCU was the only team at uh, Maryland to bring a full roster. Mm-hmm. 
Um, again, we saw them in our last game of the day and their last game of the day. So um, and they they grabbed a one nothing advantage. They they were up a point. Yeah, they um they caught us by surprise. Um, I think admittedly some of our guys probably did take them for granted. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Right at the start. You know, I off the start, I'll admit I would, I'm guilty of this. I took their throwing for granted because I knew that overall they were mm-hmm. much more of a, uh, a catching team. So, um, you know, their throwers um, have improved from what I saw in September. Big um, time. Born yeah. much, many more pinchers on their team. Many yeah. more pinchers. Yeah. Um, their accuracy has gotten a lot better. Uh, they even, uh, towards the end of their match with JMU, they, uh, they picked up a point because they kind of, I think, broke JMU of the style they wanted to play and put them into VCU style and you know, towards the end, you know, I don't know if if they could have held that style for a whole match, but I, I think if they've been able to do that the entire time against JMU, the score would have been a lot closer. Oh, absolutely. And the point they took against JMU, like JMU, I mean, what are they up, like 3 nothing? But, you know, JMU doesn't, they don't give up. They don't want to let up a point of VCU. They, they want to just put you down they, on the ground. They, they want to like, win 7 nothing. You know, they don't, they don't hold back. And VCU took a solid point from JMU. And I know VCU again this year, like, all I want to see him do is take home a match, but their their improvements there. Their improvements there. Last year, they, they it was odd that they could take a point from us. And, you know, they had a one nothing advantage. They, they, oh, and from their two times we've played them, they've come out firing. Like, they are they are not a team that needs, like, two games. Pedro, Pedro, stop, stop barking, please. They are, sorry, guys. They are not a team that needs, like, two games to, like, warm up. Like, they, they are ready to come out of the gate as soon as the whistle blows to start off. And um, no, it's and Shadid led by Shadid. Is Shadid still a president? Um, no, he's, he's not, not. I believe it's John Carter. Yeah, John Carter. Uh-huh. Um, but Shadid is still there. Shadid's there. Still um, loves him. um, I don't know uh, his first name, but I believe it's number seventeen. Whoever, <laughs> Keenan. Sorry, guys. Uh, whoever Applegate is, whatever his first name is, uh, he is probably their best arm and easily yeah. their he's easily their emotional leader. He's so into it. I love guys to get into it, even if they're not cocky. Hey, we're trying to do a podcast here, okay? Sorry, guys. They're, my bad. They're your dogs. They're all my dogs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, BCU. They they keep they keep coming to tournaments. They keep traveling far distances, and they want they want to win, man. Uh, they their team chemistry is there. Uh, they just I would I would love nothing more than this. Jeez, God, stop. A VCU Penn State team. I'll try to get Zig to edit yeah, this out. Yeah, we will. Sorry, Zig. Um, if not, it's going to be hilarious. All right, so let's move to our last team. Um, and, and, of course, three of our players walk in right as we're about to talk yeah. about our own team. All right, let's talk. Sean, what do you think of Towson University so far? In an unbiased way, because that's what we talk. We talk unbiased. <coughs> Justin Cohen sucks. For our, NC- <laughs> for our NCDA first podcast. I'm being really appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're totally appropriate here okay, on the East Coast. Start talking about Towson, please. All right. Um, in all honesty, uh, I still think that our team is trying to figure itself out. Um, we have a lot of guys that want to play one way. We have a lot of guys that want to play a different way. Um, you know, honestly, from what I've seen, we're best in our transition game. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to motivate some of our guys to go into the transition game. Um, and crosses. Oh my God, can we not cross? Yeah, well, oh my God, Chris, we are. Oh no, hold on, Chris Thomas, our JUCO pickup, can cross. Yes, Chris Thomas. Oh my God, he is this little twenty-six-year-old that looks like he's twenty-one. Always wears a headband, and he he's played dodgeball for like ten years, and he plays it in like five leagues, and he loves playing for Dallas. If you have, if you ever meet him, you will not believe that he's twenty-six. It's he, unbelievable. He is twenty-six, and he is a legitimate student at this institution. <laughs> he he lives on yeah. campus. 
Um, all right, so let's. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about how we're viewed. All right, because I think this is an interesting topic. I've talked to some of my buddies in the league about what other people think of us. All right, so we're six and three on the season, and that gets us the fifth rank so far. Um, I don't think I would like. Okay, Sean and I are uh, like honest people. Okay, we're probably not the fifth best team in the nation. Okay, I really wish we were. Um, probably but, not. There's no way that we are. Okay, but oh, I want to be supportive for our team. Yeah, but I mean, at the okay. same time, you got to be realistic. Okay, Sean, where where do you think Towson stands right now? Like, if you just have like an honest, like an honest maybe, because I know Sam Hiller came out the other week and he his rankings had Towson as twelfth, and you were very upset by that. This is your time to be honest, speak friendly, okay? But be honest. Where, where do you think Towson stands right now? Well, I'm not going to bash Sam because Sam did give me his honest opinion on things. He does. Sam's and, a good guy. You know, I, I told him that we'll disagree to disagree because, you know, obviously for my own team, I'm going to have a different view of what we are. Okay. Um, so I guess with up-to-date standings, um, you know, I'm just going to read them as I see them and go in order because I don't know exactly where to put us. So I'll just go in order and wherever I put our team is where I put them. Uh, so the top five, I'd put quite obviously Grand Valley, JMU, Saginaw, um, Kent State. Uh, I don't know if they're top five anymore. Um, what? I'll, okay, okay, I will. Fine. I will explain. Fine. I will explain. Okay. Uh, Ohio State. Um, oh geez, who am I forgetting? Uh, Kentucky. They're they're definitely back up there because um, you know they have Wes Hopkins and all those guys back. <laughs> Um, so I'd put Kent at six uh, with those two guys above him. Um, I think Central's up there. Uh, I don't know what to think of Western Kentucky yet this year. Um, I do have to put them in front of us based on how they slaughtered us I do. at, uh, at Nationals last year. That, that was just a debacle for us. They look good. I watched I watched their game tape of Western Kentucky versus uh, Miami of Ohio. Yeah. It's on like it's not the NCDA site, but on a side site. Like one of their guys puts it up. Fits full length and when they look good. Western Kentucky looks really good this year. Um, same thing as last year. I think like they're in the six, seven, eighteen. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about them some other time. Okay. So um, where where are we, Sean? I'd probably put us at like ninth or tenth. I agree. Um, I think it's exactly where we are. The biggest thing is I personally I don't think DePaul or Wisconsin Platteville, which a couple okay, people well, have been putting in front of us. Be careful with Wisconsin Platteville. Well, I'm not going to say that you know that they shouldn't be ahead of us. I think it should be closer than people think it is because we did beat them at nationals last year. It's fair. Um, but you know, this year obviously we may not see them until nationals. We're probably we're not, not going to see them until nationals, but yeah. that's okay. Um, I have us right around like eighth or ninth uh, personally. Um, I don't. I you know, there's no doubt we're not as good as like Grand Valley, Saginaw, and we <laughs> still get slaughtered by JMU. So um, you know, I can't put us up there. But I don't think we're like. I don't think we're like 13th or 14th. Like I think we can compete with like Ohio State, Central Michigan. I'm not saying. You know, we definitely win, but I, I think we can hang with them. Um, you want to talk a little bit now? We'll talk a little bit about some of our players this year. Um, who's done well? Who's stepped up? Well, yeah, as I said earlier, as he uh, looms over John's head, um, Justin Cohen sucks. Um, no, uh, is, <laughs> He's been so solid capturing this year. Yeah, oh is, is quite honestly actually our best catcher on the team. He is. Um, uh, for those who haven't seen him, because you think it's come to Nationals, uh, Joe Tobin's easily our best thrower. Easily. Not even close. Um, Not even close. Best new guy, probably have to say Chris Thomas. Chris Thomas, yeah. Um, but that that's a battle because our new guy, Sam Wellesley, actually is um, uh, he's, he's playing his role well. He, is. He, he doesn't overwhelm you, but he does everything you ask of him. 
Alright, I'll throw out I'll throw out two names that people need to keep an eye out for Towson. Uh, one is Trevor O'Laughlin. Uh, he was NCDA All Star for Towson last year, um, and he ha- he's grown so much as a player. He's a little he's a little skinny thing. He's like five foot ten and like one hundred and thirty pounds. He looks like he, he looks like you could break him over your knee it, with it like does. a pinky. Yeah, but he's one of he's one of our guys off the run. His casting this year has been absolutely phenomenal. And he's gotten like five or six miles per hour faster with his pinches, and he's 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 been our. our wow, stop pushing me! <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna have to ask Zig to do so much editing. Yeah. And um, I hate you guys. And Trevor, that <clears throat> he's been solid. He's been a leader this year, and uh, he's you know five or six miles per hour fast faster with his pincher. And um, no, it's been good. It's he's been he's been a very solid. All right, who's your second guy? Mitch Seifert. 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 Sorry, Mitch. Mitch Seifert, he's a freshman. What number is Mitch? Is he a freshman? Really? Yeah, Mitch is, Mitch is a freshman. Really? Yeah. So Mitch Seifert. Um, he's number 99. Number 99. He gets into it, man. Like, if if you guys have ever played JMU, like, like Doke, like, when he pisses you off, like, that's – it's actually almost not even comparable. Like, Mitch is one of those players. Get away from me. <laughs> he pisses you off, and you just want to beat him up on the court. But he's a great player. He has a mid-60 arm. Um, and you know he gets into it. You know people. One thing that is undervalued this <laughs> in this league is um, if people you, you know you want a player that can get excited, it's gonna pump you up. Stop doing doing a podcast. Would you stop cursing? Well, it's fine. Okay. Ridiculous. All right, moving on. Cypher and Trevor Lawful, players to look out for. Um, also, Sean Sean's played okay. Well, all right. I mean, I can't play again until nationals, so. All right. Um, I don't think that'll be too much of a loss for the team. Um, I probably do more directing than I do playing. Um, we're, my not, team, we're not here without Sean. My uh, my team will actually probably be happy because I have to shut up for a while because my jaw will be wired shut. Right. Um, hear that? Yeah. Cheers. So cheers, NCDA. <laughs> everyone has to listen to John yell at people and make no sense on the court now, as opposed to me who actually makes sense on the court. I don't make any sense. It's bad. All right. Let's go, Sean. Quarterfinals. I'm sorry. Semifinals. Who are we looking at this year? Uh, Your predictions. Uh, well, the first two are quite That's obvious, awesome. and granted, this is all this is all contingent on how the brackets break down. But this is in a perfect world what I'd expect: uh, Grand Valley, JMU, uh, Saginaw Valley, and then those three were probably my easiest picks. But my fourth pick, I really, really can't tell you at this point of the season because the parity in this league is so much better than it has been the years before. Uh, but right now. Um, I'd have to say Ohio State. Ohio State, that's a good pick. Carlton's doing a good job running that club. I hope, I hope they can stop. Jesus, I hope it, I hope it continues. Um, all right, I'll go my four uh, semifinal picks: uh, Grand Valley and JMU, easily. My third one, my third overall team. I'm going with Kent State. Kent State, this is my love to you guys. All right, I know that they're in the ranking, and people don't think they're that high. Um, from the tape that I saw at their first tournament, which tournament was that? Uh, Summit Street Slugfest. Summit Street Slugfest at Kent State. They looked unbeatable. And if that's the team that they're going to bring to for their national tournament, I don't care that they bring 10 people and, you know, Siena Heights beats them. No disrespect to Siena Heights, but I think it's pretty safe. Kent State and Siena Heights have their full team. Kent State wins. Um, no disrespect to them or anything. When Kent State has the full roster at Nationals, they're easily a top four team. I don't even think it's close. So my four would be Grand Valley, JMU, Kent State, and then um, I, uh, I, I guess I guess I have to go with Saginaw. I mean, if you can hold the three-two game with Grand Valley, I mean that's pretty freaking solid. 
I don't I know mean, why you're putting Saginaw behind Kent right now. I, I mean, am. I think Kent State's better. I all right. If Kent State brings the lineup that they had at Summit, then I'd have to agree with you. But, but that, that's what I'm going off. Of. That's exactly what I'm going off. Of, is but that the rest of the tournaments that they've had, uh, where they haven't had their full lineup, or at least the full lineup they had at Summit, uh, they did not play nearly as well based on what I heard. No, they didn't. All right, so real quick before our team gets too rowdy, uh, John, you're surprised. Team <laughs> Alrighty, um, so I know who you're gonna say, so I'm gonna go a little different. Um, I am going to go. Okay, I'm gonna go a little off the radar here. I'm gonna go with Miami of Ohio. Could you stop, please? Oh my God, I'm going with Miami of Ohio. Um, I have. I took like last like two days and I've watched every single game film they have and they've been competitive with Western Kentucky. You know they were competitive with I think they played University of Kentucky. I think they played University of Kentucky. Probably. Yeah, they played University of Kentucky and even though they lost, their matches are close. And I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be the team that's like that doesn't have a win, but it's it's not what they're reflecting. So I'm just gonna say my surprise team is Miami of Ohio for not having the first win. Of the year, but that's gonna change. They from camera, they look like a really solid team with some pretty solid arms. I don't know names, but they have Ohio. I'm, I'm expecting to be like get up there, get their easily get their first win, and possibly pull a first round upset at nationals. Maybe. Uh, that's gonna highly based on their uh, based on their seeding. Yes, I agree. Which right now looks like they may get stuck in a rough division. So that's that's true. But we um, um, Miami of Ohio. This is my shout out. Miami of Ohio. I guess that's your uh, your bold prediction for the spring semester too. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm saying they can. Well, is that your bold prediction? That they can. Yes, absolutely. All right, fine. There's your bold prediction. No, that's I have another bold prediction. Go ahead. All right. Uh, well, my surprise team uh, would be Sienna Heights uh, solely yeah. because they're. Um, they're three and three, and for a first year team of the league, I know it's Michigan. Uh, Michigan's well known as being the best, I guess, conference we have. But I mean, first year, first year team, unless you're Grand Valley or JMU, most of the time you don't come in the league and you know win um, a whole lot of games, especially against teams you know like DePaul, which is a solid team, um, and Kent State, which though they had a depleted roster, um, you know you think that just that their experience would outlast. Uh, Sienna's, I guess, youth. Um, I, I, I agree. All right. And la right, lastly. Full prediction, Sean. All right. Oh, geez. Uh, you say yours while I think about mine real quick. Okay. Um, so this is not going to go well with NCDA members. My bold prediction uh, for the end of the year uh, is that JMU are the uh, 2014 NCDA champs at the end when it's all said and done. Um, I've seen Grand Valley play. I've seen JMU play. I know Grand Valley beat them this year already, three to two. Um, maybe it's just maybe I'm I am probably biased, and maybe it's the amount of times I've seen them. Um, but even with the loss of Brent Romer, I, I think JMU is the team to beat in this league. Um, I they they can complement their style to whoever what plays them, and I right now I don't see anyone else but JMU Grand Valley and the. Uh, finals and it's going to be a hell of a final in my opinion and my bold prediction jmu my shout out to you guys i i think they are 2014 ncda champions this year so grand valley yeah, I gonna be coming for me sean all on right that note. uh my bold prediction is that the parody of the league shows up at nationals 
And it well, would you allow me to explain it? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Um, but he does this all the time where he just interrupts. I do. Yeah. All right. Um. So what I mean by that is uh, some team that someone wouldn't expect, like a Towson or a UWP. Um. Although I guess more people are starting to think more of UWP now. Um. So I guess we'll just throw Towson out there. Sure. Um. You know, if we have like a five pool uh, league, you know, a team like. Uh, us or someone else might get a number one seed in pool play just based on the regular season, uh, and that might set things up on the uh, the Sunday, my twenty first birthday. Um, yeah, of course it's my twenty first. Um, but <laughs> um, on elimination day, uh, for someone who uh, is considered like maybe like a second or a third tier team to knock off someone else. Exactly what we're considered. We're considered um, a third-tier team. So I'm I'm going to put it out there that at least one, maybe two or three of those games will happen on Elimination Day, uh, probably in the first round. I love it. I love it. All righty, Sean, final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts? Um, I'll see you guys at Nationals. I'm going to be uh, out for the rest of the year uh, due to my surgery. I'll be at the tournaments, but I won't be playing. Yep. Three. Hell of a second semester we have coming up, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, of course, you guys have to do it without me. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm jealous. I I think you should be. You should be. Yeah. Uh, All right, man. Other than that, uh, for John Shaw, this is Sean Smith, and we'll see you guys in the spring. All right, sounds good. Thanks for listening to Average Joe's Podcast. Be sure to check out more episodes of Average Joe's on iTunes or our website, ncdadodgeball.com. Until next time, just remember the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and die. Bye-bye.